Welcome to this episode of Energy Radio, a podcast by CEM Engineering with the goal of giving you the knowledge and the tools and the power to make decisions about your energy. On this episode, I talk with a good friend of the CEM family, Tom Smith of Sterling Wilson Power Solutions and myself talk about his illustrious career in Cogen, what he's doing now with Sterling Wilson and where he sees the industry going. In addition, you get some fashion advice. Enjoy. Okay, we're live here. Oh, man. We're here. Tom, thank you for joining CEM's podcast, Energy Radio. This is great. I'm really excited about it. I was uh, in New Jersey last week, and we were driving from Philadelphia to Persephone, and I was able to listen to that insightful interview between you and Martin Lensick, and it it sends shivers down my spine. And, and, and it, it brought, brought back some memories, right? Like you're, you're, uh, you're a friend of the family here at CEM, and you, there's some history there, right? Yeah, I've uh, known Martin. Uh, I guess it dates back to the uh, um, probably 1989 when we worked on the H.J. Hines project together. In fact, uh, I remember teaching Martin about uh, what uh, cogeneration meant. He had no idea what it was, and <laughs> I said it's the simultaneous production of two forms from use, or two forms of useful energy from one. And I think since then he's drank the Kool Aid, and the rest is history. I think the rest is history. Now, 18 years of a company and, and 45 people, and it all comes back to you, Tom. That's amazing. Well, you know, I, I don't think it comes back to me. No, in all seriousness, Martin showed a real passion for uh, the industry. He was working with a gas company, as I remember, in Chatham, Ontario. I think it was Union Gas, and we were, uh, I worked for a company that uh, provided equipment, and, you know, the first time we met, we sort of hit it off, and and then ultimately we completed the project. We were selected as a vendor to provide eight megawatts of uh, cogeneration along with heat recovery steam generators, I think, that uh, maybe came from Deltec or Avco or one of the, the different vendors. And, uh, and then uh, we decided to get into the business in the turnkey way as U.S. Turbine, and we hired Martin to run the business and did a fantastic job. So it was a lot of good years in my life. Right on. And then uh, after that, you did a couple other stints, maybe just briefly where you went after that? What, what well, kind I, of stuff I, you I don't know if we have enough time on no. this podcast. <laughs> my, uh, you know, little side story, I've been married for about 38 years. And when I took this last job, my uh, mother-in-law came to me and asked me how many jobs that I've had since I've been married to her daughter, which was 38 years. And I said, man, it's got to be like 12 to 15, but I said it could have been worse. I could have had 15 wives in and, and one job. So, uh, but I don't know if that's something you want to keep on your podcast. But, it's a, but the interesting thing, Matt, it's always been in this industry, which I've been very passionate about. You know, one of the things that I've always been, and I think he has too, is he's been very focused and being passionate about providing value to the end users and sometimes yeah. when you work for a big company that always doesn't work out well so yeah. you know eventually you end up in the right place yeah. so yeah. which cool. I think it, I am now hopefully. Yeah. well and, and, and we we're here in Chicago we're looking out over the beautiful uh, aptly named Chicago River you've yes. been able to point out some of your history little trivia here. Yes. little trivia yeah um, so, so what I really want to talk about is what you're doing now uh, okay. with respect to uh, your current you know employment who, who that's with what the big picture is what your role is, what your vision is. Uh, talk to us about Sterling Wilson and what you're doing now. Okay, well, that's a good question. Uh, Sterling Wilson, if you you know go online and look at them, they're a company that's been in business for over 90 years, and they're very big in the energy space globally. Um, I run the group here in North America that we call Sterling Wilson Power Solutions, 
and our focus is providing engineering, procurement, and construction in the microgrid space, which we define as combined heat and power, demand response, and for you Canadians, global adjustment and resiliency. So you're seeing a lot of activity in that space. Uh, and one of the things that we're doing over here, EPC is sort of broad, you know, when you're doing everything from uh, the development of the project to how it's engineered to how it's uh, constructed um, then then buying all the different equipment we've had to partner with a lot of people and one of our strategic partners obviously is CEM so when we started the business over here and uh, a couple years ago and I came to run it last January which was the beginning of 2017 the first thing I did was come to Martin and try to partner with him and you guys which has worked out well yeah yeah and so EPC um, talk to me a bit more about the delivery model uh, in terms of how you guys approach a project for a client and then I want to unpack after that you know the, the value proposition that you guys bring different sure yeah you know, one of the things that you see uh, Sterling Wilson is they do projects all over the world in countries like Nigeria and Yemen and in places that uh, you know y you you know I haven't really worked in it's a little different delivery model because it isn't uh, maybe as competitive on the local levels what you see here with a lot of EPC businesses or local contractors or engineering firms sort of move up or down the food chain and try to be an integrated uh, EPC or turnkey provider and you know uh, you see a pretty fragmented market what we want to do here is to become a dominant player because we really know the business we know uh, the equipment side you know we buy more engines and turbines than most people in this business by far uh, we have the ability to source product globally um, you know for example we do a lot of work that in integrates chillers and we buy uh, chillers from Thermax which is out of India and other things it's a good value prop so I think our long-term play is going to be our ability to strategically source partner with good people and provide uh, you know hopefully a low-cost offering that's the best value for uh, the customers right on. and it's and it's more than you know you you're you're kind of the leading edge but, but right. you have a team behind you right yeah, we've a uh, couple guys. I've been like Martin. Uh, you sort of go back to people you know that have been able to provide good value. Uh, brought on a gentleman by the name of John Brogan, who, you know, I've worked with. I think this is my fourth company that I've worked with John. Uh, at For those keeping track at home, that's uh, one marriage, twelve jobs, <laughs> and four Brogans. <laughs> yes, four yeah. Brogans. Exactly. Good point. So no, he's been an integral. He and I work together real well. I'm. I'm pretty strong on the financial and the development and sales side, and he's very strong on the technical. We have uh, an excellent team of individuals that have come in from India uh, that understand the business on a global basis and then trying to grow organically. Yeah. Uh, we have a business development person, Kurt West, that we brought on who's doing a good job, and uh, you know we're trying to add people where appropriate. And um, can you tell us a bit about some of the jobs you're working on right now? Yeah, we've got um, a number of projects that uh, we have under, under construction, uh, two greenhouse projects. One of the things that we sort of did uh, along with NYSERDA is we've developed a NYSERDA certified CHP system. So we're using that on two greenhouse projects. That's a 340 kW. And we're about ready to announce a approximately 10 megawatt demand response project in Ohio 
and then uh, we have uh, a lot of exclusive development opportunities from projects as small as a couple hundred kW to as large as 50 megawatts. Yeah, so it really the whole gamut of types <coughs> of technology, different types of host customers, and for you guys, you tailor your solution to, to what the host Yeah, I mean, it, as you know, Matt, being in the industry, uh, if, you know, one of the problems that the industry had is a lot of people that may have a certain uh, piece of equipment or technology or way of doing things, they try to sort of pigeonhole that into the opportunity, and it may not be the best fit. You know, we're agnostic in, uh, in the equipment that we use, but we want to make sure the vendors are are uh, quality people that are in it for the long run. And like the project that Martin and I were involved with in Leamington, Ontario, uh, I think, and you know, this dates back to like 89, I think, when it came online, which is over 30 years ago, it's still running and probably generating more value than it did uh, back in the day, even though the end user changed. So yeah. it, if you do something right, it, it tends to work. Well, and that plant now runs islanded from the grid between, oh, really? between intervals, and, and they, they've Heinz has folded the plant. The owners, the uh, employees, brought it back, and it runs like a clock. Uh, it's, it's so it's it's true. You know, you pick the right equipment, you um, pick the right parties, you design it well. You have good operations staff. I mean, you, you know the operations well in your, those early days, um, and, and and it'll run. You know, for thirty years, like people say it's supposed to. Right? No, so it and can't be done. yeah, and that you know, if you looked at it when Heinz did the economics of that plant. I think they had like a 15 or 20 year life cycle and wow. here it's doubled that. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that, that Martin uh, did on that project, I don't even know if you know this, yeah. Matt, is that if you look at it, we designed it like a ketchup bottle. So we had a red base frame with a white upper enclosure with green and gold pinstripes like a Heinz ketchup bottle. So uh, I always knew he was a fashion guy. Yeah. <laughs> We, uh, the story he loves to tell about uh, that project is when the boilers show up and Ken Campbell, who we both know, right. was there and the trucks show up and somebody forgot to figure out the pole line, either it's a pole line or a hydro line, and the truck driver didn't know what to do because he was not going to clear the, the lines and Ken just gave him the signal, keep on driving, and they, they dealt with the fallout later. So well, Ken was one of the times the guys, and you know, sometimes you need to be that to be a good uh, construction guy. He was very good at asking for forgiveness as opposed to permission. So right, right. I remember that uh, very, very well. So we actually had a few other stories that uh, if this was a different type of podcast, yeah. we could go into. Yeah, I'm not uh, Howard Stern, so they probably won't make it to the final. But cap. that was, I got to say, Leamington was the first place in my entire life I drove a police car. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. You heard that right. He drove it, not drove in it. He drove it. Yes, I was in the front seat, yeah. not the back seat. It's normal. Um, we, we're here at a Midwest Cogen Association event. We've been hearing a lot about the DOE program. Mm -hmm. uh, I must admit, I'm not very familiar with it, but I think you are. What, what, what's the story there? How do you guys fit into that? How does that help consumers? <coughs> yeah, sure. The Department of Energy. I mean, one of the things that our industry uh, has had, and you know, we had a gentleman speaking earlier who's one of our uh, congressmen here from uh, Illinois that's been elected in the Congress and has been involved in CHP for a long time. In fact, I, I didn't realize it till today, but his father was one of the people that testified in front of the Senate when they passed the PERP Act in 1978. And for those of you who don't know that, it basically sort of jump-started the CHP industry in the United States as we know it. It, it forced, not forced, it said that electric utilities had to provide reasonably cost uh, standby power and they had to buy power back at an avoided cost rate. So the markets 
had, had really started then. And it's gone through a lot of ups and downs, and a lot of it has been the industry's fault. We haven't been able, in a lot of cases, to develop good standards and have a real consistent product. Uh, so what the Department of Energy is trying to do is to develop a standardized catalog program where you can put in equipment configurations that will meet certain applications and they're trying to develop a level of standardization okay. that different utilities can use like uh, New York is doing with NYSERDA for their incentive programs and I'm sure eventually here in Chicago Commonwealth Edison and other utilities will use that as a, as a baseline for their incentive program. Okay, okay, cool. And um, yeah. talk to us maybe a little bit about um, if you were president for a day uh -huh. and you could declare let's call it a state of emergency. About you mean CEM. president of CEM? Or no, 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 oh, president, no, 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 country, no. Canada? Pre pre no, no, we have a prime minister. <laughs> oh, you have a prime pre minister? President oh. of the U.S. Let's say Trump needed a day off to play golf, and he said, uh, he called you and he said, Tom, uh, your buddy, uh, you got some buddies in the political sphere, they vouched for you, you want to be president for the day. And you could, you could have um, a state of emergency. Well, it's funny you bring that up because just this summer, I ran into the Secretary of Energy, Rick Perry, uh, at a bar at the Newark Airport. Uh, he asked me what I was drinking and I said a Coors Light and he eventually had one. Uh, so we did have the same talk as that. I, I told him that I've been involved in this industry for like 38 years and you know, I'm pretty passionate about it. And he said, holy shit, Trump made me Secretary of Energy and I've only been doing energy stuff for 10 years. <laughs> uh, but no, on a, on a serious note, I, I think that there's no one solution to the problem. But uh, like we were talking today, I do believe that combined heat and power, you know, should get a little bit more of a focus relative to incentives on a federal level. I, I think the problem that, you know, even if I was president, you really couldn't solve with this industry is the states, right? And the president can do so many things on a federal level, but a lot of the issues that impede us from doing business fall at the state level. So I think incentivizing the programs equally like we're doing with wind and solar to help jumpstart it even more than it has and just you know trying to persuade states to be more cooperative would make the industry go a lot bigger I think. So maybe my last question in closing um, with respect to like what's your, your you're the CEO of Sterling Wilson Power Solutions right. uh, what you know as you look out uh, what's your vision for, for Sterling Wilson and then overlay like what's your vision for the CHP market in the next five years like where do you see you guys going and how does that dovetail with the broader market yeah I, I, I think like anything uh, I think the industry needs uh, a real focus of people providing quality and you know success breeds success so what we're trying to do is to put the best projects together with the best equipment and the best partners and and I think that'll you know lead to you know additional deals I mean our our focus when we set the business up was to become a dominant uh, player in the EPC business in the microgrid space that we talked about and uh, I think that's going to be a mix of CHP demand response and and resiliency projects so um, maybe one last chance in terms of parting words for somebody, uh, you know, hypothetically, somebody in uh, Parsippany, New Jersey is driving to work and, and listening to this or some... How do you spell Parsippany, man? No idea. idea. No, I'd have to... Hey, Siri. <laughs> uh, or, or some, you know, Italian-Canadian who's driving to work in yeah. Hamilton. If somebody's listening to this, what, uh, what would you like them to... Um, how, can, how can they help um, the CHP industry or how can... This is a really 
kind of out of left field question, but if, if, if somebody could give you feedback based on our 20 minutes together about, yeah. about the podcast, about Sterling Wilson, about something that could, it's your chance to kind of ask a question to the world or... Well, well a, a little inside thing I do want to mention, and you did mention uh, something about a part of Canada, and I don't want to give it up, but one of the uh, real things that I would want to mention to some people from Canada that do come down to the U.S. is you shouldn't wear Italian loafers when it's uh, a wintry mix ice storm. I, you know, that, uh, that can be a problem that we did experience last week, but that's a side story. No, I, I, I think that, uh, again, the, the real focus of the industry is just getting the word out, and I think Sean Caston uh, mentioned it best. You want to be a solution to yeah. the problem, yeah. not just be a technology. And I think we're combined heat and power. It maybe is not going to generate 100% of North Americans' power, but I think it can be way greater than the 7 8% that it currently is if we work together as a team. But I do want to close out, though, Matt. This may be a question for you. I don't know if this is uh, able to be done on the podcast, but having known you for mm, uh, quite some time and knowing your uncle, you know, what's your vision for CEM? Maybe just flipping it back on you. I'm curious to see what you think. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, and I, I like when the tables are turned on me, yeah. um, you know, because it's fitting. I'm asking all the questions. Right. And, you know, I, I think there is a, a significant shift happening in the marketplace. And, and it's, it's, um, it's jurisdiction specific. If you look at Ontario, we're shifting, um, you know, away from even uh, any kind of natural gas, right? If you look at Alberta, they're shifting away from coal. If you come here, you know, they're shifting away from coal in some jurisdictions and they're shifting, you know, away from gas even in California. So my vision for CEM is that, you know, whether we have the opportunity to serve a Campbell's Soup or a hospital or, you know, a Sterling Wilson, that we act as an extension to help find the energy solutions that fit. Uh, I think, you know, I think every day as I come in about the 45 people that work with us and how can we find the next project, find the next opportunity, but how can we help our clients with their energy challenges? And, you know, I think if we keep finding the technology and the solutions that fit on behalf of our clients, there will always be a space in the market for us. Um, and I'm excited about, you know, the U.S. market. I'm excited about Alberta. I'm excited about doing more in, in, in Ontario with kind of post-carbon fuels like renewable natural gas and biomass. Um, so, you know, for people who like to build stuff as engineers and solve problems, um, the world is our oyster. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. That's good. I, you know, I know one last maybe thing in parting. I know I helped your uh, uncle become a little bit better dresser, yes. you know, when we uh, gave him that job offer right. back in the late 80s. I, I can see that you're wearing the Canadian uh, U.S. pin that I gave you. Yes. What influence have we had over uh, the, the Lensing family on a personal level? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I want to make sure we're still recording so that we get this. Yeah, I've, I've had the pleasure of working with you in the last uh, many years now, and, uh, you know, we've had a lot of fun together. We've yeah. done, a, done a lot of crazy stuff. Um, I've learned a lot in terms of how to develop projects and how to cultivate customers, and, uh so yeah, no, we've we've had you know ups and downs like any relationship does, right? But uh, it's we've had a lot of fun. We, none of us take ourselves too seriously, which right. is important. And uh, I think we've got a lot of uh, shenanigans in our future. So well, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. And the big thing that I've learned what a podcast was. There you but go. With that, thank so you, Matt. Yes, uh, thanks, Tom. Uh, appreciate your time. This is fun. Thank All you, sir. Thank you for listening to another episode of Energy Radio. For more information on CEM. Look us up at CEMENG.ca or find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. 
If this podcast brought you value, it would mean a great deal to us if you would share it with somebody else for whom energy is a challenge. Remember, we're all in this together as we search to manage our energy and environmental goals. Thank you.